Well, you certainly know how to compliment a woman. Well, if you'll excuse me. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. is Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. You cannot live an inspired life if you're not filling your day with the things that are most deeply meaningful, most inspiring, the most productive, that make the biggest difference in the world, and delegating all the rest. And also... Some people have not identified what their highest values are, haven't structured their life accordingly, and they're having to be motivated to do it. And if you need motivation, believe me, and motivation is a symptom, never a solution for humanity. All of this plus an elevator pitch from Chris Mead, founder and chief Lime at Lime Wedge. Music from Jen Jevons, the founder of Brisbane-based digital agency Pixel Palace. And also music from Damon, the real nailer. And don't forget we have Kids' Friday Game Changers product review coming up in a few minutes. Call your friends and spread the word. Tell them the Kids' Friday Game Changers show is the very best you've ever heard. I'm Brian Stolle, founding partner of Wildcat Venture Partners. Hey, Tanja Lee here, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I'm a leadership and mindset specialist for real estate and property professionals. Hi, I'm Jonathan from Amplify. Hi, I'm Johnny Combe, CEO of Payback Phone UK. I'm Kenneth Hafiano, the founder of Jogwefa an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. My Friday is never the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Hi, my name's Amy. I'm the founder and CEO of Goodloop. We're an ethical advertising platform and we drive ad engagement by using ad money to fund good causes all over the world. Have a big vision and tiny plans. I feel that as a founder, I'm constantly bouncing and maybe even simultaneously coexisting in the world of big, hairy, audacious goals and the immediate next email. In sales, in investor meetings, it's always that balancing act, getting people to give me money for the product I have right now and also getting them to see Goodloop's big vision of how we're going to use ad money to solve the world's problems, of how we're going to create a more meaningful role for advertising in society. I've learned that you have to be very comfortable existing in both of these worlds and you always need to have at least a loose idea of how the two are going to connect. Welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers with your host Kizzy Nkwacha. The show for innovators and motivators, people just like you. Kizzy is the publisher of Business Game Changer magazine and the property investor, editor of the successful Women in Business book series and the best-selling Every Entrepreneur's Guide series. Every week, Kizzy and his guests provide you with the tools you need to take your game-changing business to the next level. Listen, learn and innovate. Now meet your host, your mentor and your fellow game changer, Kizzy Nkwacha. 
Hello and welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. This week I'm joined by Dr. John Demartini, a world-renowned specialist in human behavior, a researcher, author, and global educator. Now, Dr. Demartini is also the founder of the Demartini Institute, a private research and education organization with a curriculum of over 72 different courses covering multiple aspects of human development. In just a few minutes, I'll be talking to Dr. John Demartini and exploring how you can tap into your hidden potential for success. It's Friday, I'm Kizzy, and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Listen, learn, and innovate. Hi, this is Ray Zinn. Hi, I'm Jamie Martin from Ideal Shopping Direct. I'm Kate Bell, founder of Zip Us In. Hi, my name is Eirik Aide-Patterson. I'm a co-founder of Seaborg Technologies. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell, transformation coach, founder of The Catalyst for Life. Hey everybody, I'm David Frangioni, CEO and co-founder of All Access IDA, Inspire and Develop Artists, and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changer. Check it out. Hello and welcome to the show. This week's guest, Dr. John F. Demartini, is a professional speaker, author, and business consultant whose clients range from Wall Street financiers, uh, financial planners, and corporate executives to healthcare professionals, actors, who have I missed out? And don't forget the sports personalities. John, it's amazing to have you join me. I, uh, I, I can't say anything except thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Honestly, the pleasure is all mine. But look, before we dive into our chat today, um, I just want a, a little bit of a background on you. John, how did you evolve from studying chiropractic at the Texas Chiropractic College to creating this incredible career as a specialist in human behavior. How did this happen? Well, I, I wanted at age 17, I had a dream to uh, overcome my learning challenges and become an educator and to travel the world, but also be knowledgeable in the field of health because I had a health problem also. And so I set out to be the doctor first that I wanted to go and grow a very significant practice, which I did. And then I started educating health professionals initially on helping them clinically and also in their academic and also in their business savvy. And that took me to speaking at various conventions on how to build practices and serve clients more effectively. And that was, uh, you know, that went on into the 80s. And then into the 90s, I realized that the profession uh, was maybe 100,000 doctors. That was it. So I branched off into other professions, other health professions, and then into other businesses. And then I realized it's the same principles. It's a mindset, you know, between the ears that makes this all happen. And I realized that uh, I was taking the desire to educate to the next level and expand. And I now have been blessed to be in 154 countries and work with millions and millions of people. So it, it's it's now spread into every different industry. That's incredible. And, and it's not just um, business people, but you also work with politicians, um, sports personalities, celebrities on TV and film as well. I've had the blessing to work with about three or 3,000, I think, 200 people that have global impact, whether it be celebrities and movies or you name it, um, government leaders. I've had a great opportunity to meet amazing people. I've been so blessed. And and uh, because human beings want to do something extraordinary with their lives. And I've just dedicated 47 years of my life to doing and reading and learning and studying and, and mentoring and anything that could help people maximize their human potential and awareness on on this planet. And so that's 
which seems to be what people want to. So I've been blessed. I remember a couple of months ago, I did this uh, interview with somebody and I, and I said to them that um, the two most important days of our lives are one, the day that we're born and two, the day when we realize why. It sounds as though you you found your why at a very early age. I was 17 when I, I, I was a long-haired hippie surfer living on the North Shore of Oahu, surfing about 11 hours a day, big waves. And I nearly died there. And that led me to uh, a little health food store in the recovery process and finally to this little class. And this uh, elderly gentleman named Paul C. Bragg was lecturing there. And one night, this one man in one hour with his one message got to me and made me think that maybe I could overcome my learning problems because I didn't know how to read. I had learning problems and speech problems as a child. And I had a dream to overcome those and to learn and teach like this man done because he had had done so much to make a difference in my life that night. I wanted to do that for other people. So that was a major turning point at 17. I then went on a journey to try to overcome my learning problems. I had That was a major hurdle there at first. But once I got into it, man, I never stopped. I just, all I want to do is read and catch up with everybody else and just learn and learn and learn. And I've never stopped that. I just, I love learning and I love sharing. So would you describe yourself as being a, a student still or are you now the tutor? Or are you both? I am both. I, I research every day. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've been blessed to now read over 30,380 books now. So I, I'm just constantly uh, reading, 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 learning, 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 studying and going online and then sharing whatever inspiring ideas I can get with as many people who want to hear. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, you know, I do interviews about a thousand a year on interviews so I, and, and do about 300 to 350 speeches around the world. So I'm just constantly researching and giving. So that's that's what I love doing the most. You know, I'm thinking now of Andy Warhol, um, the artist who was a master at delegating. And I, I think somebody told me that um, he was so good at delegating that he actually got other people to paint his pictures for him because he realized that his true gift was in, in talking to people, in promoting his ideas and his visions. I'm wondering, do you delegate as much as you possibly can, or do you, are you still very hands-on with every aspect of your business? I, I delegate everything. I only research, write, travel, teach, nothing else. I don't do anything. I, don't, I haven't driven in 32 years. I haven't uh, you know, cooked since I was 24. Anything other than what I love doing that I'm inspired by, I've delegated. All I love doing is learning and teaching. That's it and traveling the world doing it. I've, I've structured everything where it's everything is delegated. Can I share with the, the audience something that was really significant to me that was that might help them? That I, in fact, I know it will help them. Please. When I was 27 years old, I had opened up my practice. It is myself, and I hired one assistant, and I was doing everything. And um, I went to a bookstore, Walden's bookstore at the time, which is a franchise, and I found a book called The Time Trap by Alec McKenzie. And I devoured that book inside and out and made marks in it and everything else and summarized it and started applying it because I realized I needed to do it or I was going to be in my way. And I and I took a piece of paper and I divided that piece of paper with five lines into six even columns, vertical columns. And the very first column, I filled up the first column with every single action step I did each day over a three-month period that I might do in a day over three months. And every single thing I did, not vague generalities like marketing or sales or this, but any specific action that I would do in a day, I wrote it down on that list. I wanted to look at how I was actually spending my day truthfully. 
not not my ideal fantasy of who I was, was but actually how I did spent my day. And this included my professional and then personal time. So anything I was doing at home, anything I was doing at work, I was looking at everything I did. And I made an exhaustive list, 139 different lines, I think. When I got through with that to the second column, I wrote down how much does that produce per hour? What does it actually generate income? Because if you're serving people and you're meeting their needs and there's a sustainable fair exchange in doing so, then you will be remunerated by this action. So I want to know how much is it producing? Because I want to know how much it's doing something that's actually serving somebody that they're willing to pay for. And so I wrote down what is the dollar value per hour that that action leads to. So if I did a report and it cost, it, it, I, mean, I got $400 for the report and it took me two hours, that would divide by two and it's $200 an hour. If I did exams and I did $125 for 10 minutes, I'd multiply times six to make an hour. And I would look at the totals and exactly what it was producing. And I found out when I did this intuitively that I was majoring in minors and minors and majors. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was not putting all of my highest priority actions into operation most consistently. And I looked at a lot of stuff was being done for free and I was devaluing myself time-wise. So I basically then relisted that list after I came up with the dollar values for it according to priority, which produced the most. And the number one thing that produced the most is going out and sharing a message and engaging people and becoming patients. And that's when I realized, oh my God, I went 10 years of college to be a clinician, but that's not the most productive thing I could be doing. It's actually getting out there and sharing the message and engaging people and becoming clients so I can then do the clinical work and have somebody else help me do the clinical work. So that was an eye opener. On the third column, I wrote down how much mean did it have? From, from a one to 10 scale, is it extremely meaningful? Is it really, truly inspiring? Is it highly fulfilling or is it just moderately or low? And then I revamped that and I put next to every one of those items, I did that on meaning. And then I restructured that according to priority. So I prioritize how much you produce and I prioritize how much you mean because I want to spend my life doing something meaningful, but also that was ma making me cash. Something is productive and serving people. If it's not serving people, it's not meaningful. And then, I, then on the third column, I, um, and by the way, some of the things that were meaningful were also the things producing most. So I wanted to prioritize them both. And then I wanted to go to the highest priority actions that actually made the most, that served the most, that had the most meaning and inspired me the most. In the next column, number four, I want to know what would it cost to delegate it? If I was to hire somebody to get the exact same standard as I delivered, what would it cost? And I don't mean just salaries. I mean every cost, depreciation cost, space utilization cost, uh, insurance cost, training cost. Uh, every detail, every penny, down to the thing, from from all the equipment to all the space use, everything. And then what I want to do is then I want to look at where the biggest spreads were between what the costs were versus what they were producing. And I basically reprioritized that based on spread. Then the next column I went in there and I did how much time am I actually spending on it? Exactly what's an average time over a three-month period? Am I doing that action consistently? And I looked at that and I then redid the time accordingly to look at where I was producing, having the most meaning, and actually where I could delegate the most. And in the final column, the sixth column, I then reprioritized it based on all of those prioritizations in column two, three, and four. I reprioritized the whole thing. And then what I did is I divided that up into 10 layers and then I made a commitment to hiring somebody to take away the bottom layer and work my way up until everything was taken care of except what I did that was most productive, most meaningful, that gave me the most spread, allowed me to get the most accomplished in the shortest period of time. And I basically revamped that. And over the next 18 months, I shed all 
nine of those layers. And so I was ending up with the things that I did most, which is research and write, teach and travel the world. And I delegated everything else in my business in 18 months from the day I did that. 18 months, it was tenfold, tenfold increase in income. And I was already breaking and making money, but it was tenfold increase. And I had five doctors working for me and 12 staff members. And I had a 5,000 square foot office and I was cranking. And that's when all of a sudden the opportunity to go and speak locally and then eventually nationally and eventually internationally on how I did that. And that led into the other industries and, and sharing, because those are principles that are universal, not just in doctors, but everybody. So that I just wanted to share that because I know that can make a difference wherever you are, even in the COVID period, the St. COVID period, the St. Uh, Corona period, even during this period, this tool, if duplicated, can make a huge difference. And if you do that every quarter and update it, make sure you're on priority, you'll produce the most amount. And when you live by priority and fill your day with high priority actions that truly inspire you, that produce the most, that earn the most, you don't get distracted by low priority distractions that take up time and lower your value and devalue your company. I can't agree with you more. Um, you know, the idea of living with priority just makes so much sense. But, but John, you and I both know that one of the big obstacles to this for a lot of other business people is that a business leader will often say that in the time it will take me to explain what I need done, I could probably do it much faster myself. What would you say to that? I'd say that's the biggest obstacle and delusion that they have. Because if, you know, in, in the time trap, he makes a list of the most common, you might say, BSs that people give themselves that stop them from delegating. Look, you cannot live an inspired life if you're not filling your day with the things that are most deeply meaningful, most inspiring, the most productive, that make the biggest difference in the world, and delegating all the rest. Delegate, without delegation, there's no inspired life. You're going to be doing low-party low things. And if any time you do low-party things, you devalue yourself. Anytime you do low priority things, you scatter yourself. Anytime you do low priority things, you go into the amygdala and get it distracted. It's the executive center that keeps you objective, that keeps you inspired, that allows you the most productivity, that gives you the emergence of leadership, expansion of space and time horizons, and gives you the power to go out and do something innovative and creative as an unborrowed visionary. Okay, sold. Um, I'm just thinking that over the course of what, over 40 years of constant research and study, you must have spoken to many, many thousands of successful business people. John, are there any common traits these exceptional individuals share? Well, they it, it, it depends. I've seen all different uh, layers to the spectrum. It depends on what they're leading. If you're leading an industry where there's a low engagement, uh, you will probably play out a more autocratic role and you'll use motivation techniques in order to do it, which to me is the most uninspiring one. Uh, but if you're dealing with a more leveled system, more of a matrical system, not so much a hierarchical system, you may have more levels of engagement, higher levels of engagement, and people are more autonomous, and you're free to not have to be micromanaging and using motivational techniques. So it depends on the organizational structure, what you're trying to do, if it's a redundant job or a creative job, and whether they're, uh, you have a high turnover rate or somebody that's uh, really enduring, this will all determine the social structure of the company and the organization and what it can do and how to manage it. There's no one set thing on it because if you're running a steel company and you got factory workers or a cement laying company or something, that's different than if you're doing Google. So each area of expertise and level of, of integration and engagement is going to play a role in the structure and how you lead and the way you lead. 
So I, I can't say there's just one leadership role, but there's one thing that is common to them is that the leader has to be congruent at the top. If they're not inspired by what they do, if they don't feel that this is what their mission is, they're going to let the world on the outside impact and distract them from the vision on the inside. I know whenever I hear your name, um, everybody says the same thing. They talk about the Demartini method and the Demartini value determination. What are the Demartini method and the Demartini value determination? And why are they important? Well, I'll start with the value determination. Every human being lives by a set of priorities, a set of values, things that are most important to least important in their life. And whatever is highest on their values, they're spontaneously inspired from within to do. It's an intrinsic value. They're disciplined, reliable, and focused there. And as you go down the list of values, they become more extrinsically driven. It requires more external motivation, incentives uh, to get them to do it. And they're procrastinating, they're hesitative, and they're frustrated. So anytime we're doing something that's high in our values, we tend to excel. Anytime we're doing something that's low in our values, we tend to need something to keep us going. I don't need motivation to do what I love doing. I've got on high priority and it's, it's uh, 47 plus years I've been doing it. But some people have not identified what their highest values are, haven't structured their life accordingly, and they're having to be motivated to do it. And if you need motivation, believe me, and motivation is a symptom, never a solution for humanity. You know, I don't need motivation. If you need motivation, you are not doing what's really, truly, intrinsically most important to you. And when people go to work, they don't go to work for a company, for the sake of the company. They go to work to fulfill what they value most. And if they can't see how their values are being met by the job description and by the mission of the company and their primary objectives of the company, they're not going to be engaged. And when you're not engaged, you're going to have to motivate them. And when you have to motivate them, you have to pay way more money and way more resources and personnel and everything else to manage a company. You want to engage people. So you don't want to hire people that are not seeing how the job duties they're doing are helping them fulfill their dreams. They, if they can't see how it's going to help them fulfill it and they don't see things on the way, and they see things in the way, man, that's a lot of motivation you have to do to keep pushing people uphill. I don't want to push people uphill. I want to make sure that I've selected people who are inspired to do what I need to do, delegate it, free it up, let them go, not micromanage them, and get on with doing what I do so they can get on to do what they do and set a chain reaction economically into the business and into society that way. So it's very important to identify what your highest values are, to make sure you prioritize your daily life, make sure you communicate and articulate what you want done with other people in their values so you get what you want by helping them get what they want if you want maximum performance and productivity and profitability. When it comes to, and that's the, the value determination process, and on my website, there's a complimentary value determination process that they can go to. It's private. They can take the time. It's 30 minutes of their time, and they'll go in and look at what really is their values, and it'll help it narrow it down, and you can get a printout of it, and it's private. You can go back and look at it again and check on it. I'd recommend it every quarter to make sure because your values can, can tweak and change over the months, and you want to keep current with it. Make sure you're delegating accordingly. Then I also have a Demartini method, which is a method I've developed since age 18 on how to take any emotional experience that you've had in your life that is distracting you from being inspired and present and how to dissolve it and turn it on the way instead of in the way. No matter what you've been through, I say there's nothing your mortal body can experience that your mortal soul can't love and get past. So I show people how to turn whatever they experience that they think is distracting them, their infatuations, their resentments the things they're proud or ashamed of, the guilts, the griefs, anything that's distracting them from being present, inspired, 
grateful for their job, loving what they're doing, and certain and present in their actions. This method helps you dissolve so they get to maximize performance. So it sounds as though the the, the um, Demartini method is something that you could use if you felt frustrated, if you felt that something was blocking you from achieving your goals, or if you'd you know if you even if you've had a bad uh, or a, a not so good upbringing, this is the sort of thing that you could apply to help you untangle those knots. Exactly. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. What matters is how you perceive, what you decide to do with it, and how you act. And the Demartini Method takes whatever you've been through and turn it into something you're grateful for. And anything you're not grateful for is baggage. Anything you're grateful for becomes fuel. If you can't – see, people say, well, you know, the, the, the coronavirus and this and that, they, all, they blame that for all kind of stuff. Man, it's – if you take the time and ask how specifically is what's happening with me today and the experiences I'm having today, how is it helping me fulfill my mission on earth? And you answer that. You'll be accountable and you keep answering that. Your brain will remyelinate itself and neuroplastically remodel itself to assist you in using whatever happens in a day to your greatest advantage. But if you sit there and run your story and be victim of history and not master of destiny, it's going to weigh you down and hold you back. And it's not because of it. It's because of your perception of it. And when you do, you have the power to change your perceptions and change your life. William James said that the greatest discovery of his generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their perceptions and attitudes of mind. And we have that capacity at any time to take anything we've experienced and use it as fuel, not friction. Well, staying with the idea of perception, I know that one of the things that holds a lot of entrepreneurs or business people back is this idea that if they try something different, something um, ambitious, there's always the possibility that they could fail. How should we handle the, the idea of failure? We only fear failure when we're infatuated with success. I'm not a man dedicated to success. I'm a man dedicated to a mission. A mission sees success as a feedback and failure as a feedback to help them refine their actions to fulfill their mission. And the second you think you're successful, that means you have a small vision, little experience, and you're actually in pride and you're off track. So I'm not a, I don't have any addiction to success or any fear of failure. I'm interested in a mission and I see both of them are necessary in the path of the mission. They both are reframing me. The so-called failure repurposes you. The so-called success depurposes you because the second you think you're successful, you go to low-priority things. The second you think you're in failure, you go back to high-priority things. And our job is to stay focused on the mission and not get caught about how we're taking credit or we're taking blame for our actions. It's about basically keeping focused on the service and mission. When you do, you don't have an attachment to those labels. And when people say that, you don't get elated about one or depressed about the other. You get focused on what's the mission. So I'm a man on a mission. I don't, I don't have any addictions to the labels of success. People go around and said to me all the time in interviews, how did you become successful? I said, I'm not. I'm a man on a mission. I don't even put a focus on those terms. Those are distractions. Keo from Coca-Cola Company says, when a man comes to me and thinks he's a success, I know he's on his way down. I'm not interested in those terms because I think they distract people. I'm just thinking to myself that um, we should just take a quick break here and maybe uh, chew on these ideas for a, a few minutes. And in the meantime, uh, let's listen to some music. This week's incredibly talented entrepreneur, this week's boss star, is Damon the Real Naylor. Now, Damon is a songwriter, producer, artist, author, speaker, consultant, and educator, I think it was. Yes, educator. Blimey, after saying all of that, I'm absolutely knackered. I'll let Damon introduce himself and his track, Life. Over to you, Damon. Hello, my name is Damon The Real Nailer. 
and I am known as a renaissance man who wears many hats. Among them are artist, producer, songwriter, author, motivational speaker, consultant, and educator. I am gearing up to release my latest single entitled Life, which paints the picture of the various challenges and dilemmas that humans face during life's journey, such as frustration, temptation, pain, greed, and poverty, while urging the listeners to be proactive, take control, and conquer their lives. It hints at the strong possibility of a blissful afterlife awaiting those who struggle through this one. I hope you enjoy. Please spread the word. Thank you. L-I-F to the E. L-I-F to the E. L-I. The world famous Game Changer Show. Game Changer Show. Game Changer Show. L-I-F to the E. I wish that it could be so stress-free. Uh-huh. L-I-F to the E. Does anybody out there want to trade with me? Yeah. L-I-F to the E. I wish that it could be so stress-free. Woo. L-I-F to the E. Is anybody out there getting played like me? When I think about life, yo, it's so, so deep. Uh. So, so bitter. So, so sweet. Unique. That's why we need the master's hand yeah. to lead us, guide us, help us understand why so much pain and misery, why so much greed and poverty, why so much bondage, no liberty, why it feels like we're in a penitentiary. L I F to the E. I wish that it could be so stress free. Uh huh. L I F to the E. Does anybody out there wanna trade with me? Yeah. L I F to the E. I wish that it could be so stress free. Anybody out there getting played like me? This life is so full of issues and plight. Whoa, there has to be an afterlife. This life is so full of dark and light. Yo, there has to be a paradise. This life is so full of wrong and right. Hey, there has to be an afterlife. This life is so full of pain and strife. Yeah, there has to be a paradise. I know that you are feeling me, so throw yeah. your hands in the air and be real with me. We are all. I'm Rainer Zittelmann, historian, sociologist, author and entrepreneur. And you're listening to Kisses Friday Game Changers, the world's number one business broadcast experience. I wish that it could be so stress-free. Does anybody out there want to trade with me? I wish that it could be so stress-free. Anybody out there getting played like me? This life is so full of issues and plight. Whoa, there has to be an afterlife. This life is so full of dark and light. Yo, there has to be a paradise. This life is so full of wrong and right. Hey, there has to be an afterlife. This life is so full of pain and strife. Yay, there has to be a paradise. Either control life, a life will control you. Either roll life, a life will roll you. Either throw life, a life will throw you. Either tow life, a life will tow you. That's life all in a nutshell. Either conquer it or live in an early hell. I tell you this to motivate you. It's all about love. I don't play, I hate you. L-I-F to the E L-I-F to the E L-I-F to the E L-I-F to the E
Friday Game Changers Elevator Pitch of the Week. Please stand back from the closing doors. Please select a level. Going up. Hi, my name is Chris Mead and I'm founder and chief lime at LimeWedge. LimeWedge is the UK's most contemporary cocktail box delivered straight to your door. Each tailored box revolves around a unique theme and contains all of the top quality ingredients you'll need to mix six sensational drinks from three bespoke recipes in the comfort of your own home. I've always loved making someone's day by introducing them to a new cocktail or flavour. Lockdown has meant we've taken that experience into our own homes and shared drinks with friends and family over Skype. Experimenting is brilliant and Lime Wedge is designed to be an affordable way to try new combinations without having to invest in big bottles of spirits. At Lime Wedge, we want each box to be an event, not just a beverage. Top floor, good luck. Kitty's Friday Game Changers product review. The very best game changing products for you and your business. There's no denying the fact that podcasting is becoming one of the fastest growing media platforms in the world. According to recent figures, today there are well over 800,000 active podcasts to choose from with over 54 million podcast episodes currently available worldwide. Now, in the first 10 months of 2019, a record 192,000 new podcasts were launched. Now, many predict that this figure will have doubled within the first 10 months of 2020. Now, with these statistics in mind, creating your own podcast is a, it's a no-brainer if you run a business or you have a consuming passion or hobby or you simply want to connect with people who share the same interests. Now, for many of us, using WordPress to create a home for our podcast is an obvious solution. But that's where the challenge begins. With so many developers claiming to have created the very best WordPress podcast theme, it can be a a time-consuming, frustrating and sometimes expensive journey finding that one theme that delivers what it promises on the tin. Now, with these thoughts in mind, we were, to put it mildly, sceptical when we heard of the Dixie WordPress theme. Now, described by its creators at Second Line as a modern WordPress theme built for podcast owners, Dixie is fully responsive and supports multiple podcasting plugins such as Anchor and PowerPress. The theme also works with locally hosted or external MP3 files, which is ideal if you're a musician or you just want to share files with your audience. Now, intrigued, we decided to give Dixie a test run and the results were hugely impressive. Installing the theme and importing its demo content took less than three minutes. No, listen to that sentence again. Less than three minutes. In the time it took to make a cup of coffee, we had Dixie installed. The theme came with one of the most comprehensive setup wizards we've ever encountered. The wizard did everything except drink the coffee for me. It not only installed the child theme, which is needed as a base for the theme itself, it also activated the theme, uh, it installed all of the necessary plugins and allowed us to import the demo content. As Dixie integrates with Elementor, which is probably the best open source page build in the world, customizing Dixie was an absolute breeze. We also loved the fact that Second Line had also included its access to their own Elementor plugins, as well as offering a dedicated import plugin that we could use to import all of our podcast episodes. The result was that within minutes, all of our podcasts had been imported from the host site and into the theme, making our new site look polished, professional and packed with engaging content. Excellent. One initial worry I had with the theme was 
creating a unique and distinctive look for our site so that it stood out from all the other many thousands of uh, users using Dixie theme. Now this worry was quickly dispelled when we realized that Second Line had gone out of their way to provide full color customization features as well as font controls so our brand really stood out rather than blended in. Talking about standing out, another highlight of the, of the test period was when we needed help with a question on configuring our podcast player. Now, we're all used to the first-rate customer service of multi-billion dollar businesses like Amazon, but it's really heartening to know that companies like Second Line are also setting great examples that other firms should be judged by. We sent a query to the developer in the morning, and less than an hour later, we had in our inbox an email dealing with the inquiry and offering a solution. Take that, Amazon. Priced at less than $70, it's very hard to think of a WordPress podcast theme that can match the many features and benefits of Dixie. Highly recommended. Take a look at our Dixie theme at tpimag.com backslash naked property investor. Dixie, 9 out of 10 from Kids' Friday Game Changers. Great job. You're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the world's number one business podcast experience. Listen, learn, and innovate. Welcome back. Before the break, you're listening to Life by Damon the Real Naylor. And I'm in the studio talking to game changer, Dr. John Demartini. Now, John, we're at my favorite part of the show. In fact, I think we should do this part of the show at the very beginning. This is a section we call Past present and future. Now, what it means is that I'm going to ask you three questions about your business past, your business present, and your business future. And if we get this right, the answers will give us a unique insight into the mind of game changer, Dr. John Demartini. Are you game? I'm ready. Excellent. You sound really nervous now. Are you, are you okay? Do you, want a, do you want a massage or a sandwich? No, I love it. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. Now, look, you've got to imagine you can hear a clock ticking in the background. That's the sound of time passing by second after second. Let's imagine ourselves traveling back in time to meet the young John Demartini just starting out on his entrepreneurial journey. What one thing would you tell John to make sure he does? And what one thing would you advise him never to do well you know I, I the thing i would tell him to do is to honor himself by living his magnificent self by prioritizing things and living according to what is truly most meaningful to him and say no to anything that's a distraction because we're not here to, to conform we're not here to live in the shadows of anyone we're not here to subordinate to anybody we're not here to envy or imitate anybody we're here to be authentic to ourselves so the thing i would say is stick to priority be yourself let go and delegate the rest and say no to distractions that are not your mission. When you were starting out, did you find it difficult to say no to opportunities? Uh, I noticed that I had difficulty saying no until I had filled my day minute by minute with the highest priority actions. Then it was easy to say no. When I had nothing on my, my agenda. So I don't, I don't ever have a day that I don't have an agenda filled up seven days a week. I keep my day filled because I found that if I fill it up with how I want it, it doesn't fill up with how I don't. Anything that's not negantropically organized towards a mission is automatically entropically broken down and fragmented and scattered. 
So it's my job to fill it every day. So I have people that fill my agenda every single day so we have a full day. I don't ever have idle time. And talking about never having idle time, um, just before our conversation, you, you told me that you don't even have a mobile phone or a cell phone, as you call it in America. Is, is that that's, that's true? I don't carry a cell phone. I, I found those things distracting and people you know, spend their lives on the friggin' phone. I, I, have a, I do have Skype and I do have a computer. And I, and I have people to take care of it. I got gatekeepers. I got everybody else. So if it gets to me, it's a priority thing. John, if you could have one superpower, just one superpower, what would you have? Just the, the ability to follow my most inspiring heart-driven mission on a daily basis. That's my superpower. Because I find that that's what allows me to go and build momentum and be inspired and raise the energy and go out and do something amazing on the planet. So that's it. I don't, I'm not interested in some supernatural power. I'm just simply in, in being the power that I'm capable of doing realistically according to what my highest, most inspiring value is. So really, you want what you already have because you really have. do have I have no more. desire to distract myself from what I love doing. I like it. Excellent. Okay. Um, you've handled the past with infinite ease, and I, I kind of had a feeling you would. Let's move into the present, into the here and now. Uh, John, what motivates you? What keeps you focused and pushing forward? You know, I, again, I, I, it's an intrinsic motivation, what I call inspiration. I know what my mission is. You know, I, I used to lecture many years ago. One of the lectures I got to do is with Mary Kay Cosmetic Company at 4,500 women in an Anatole uh, convention center in Dallas. And then afterwards, I got to meet with Mary Kay Ash herself, the owner. And I asked her, what advice could you give a young man who aspires to travel the world and speak and, and you know, inspire people? And she said, every day, write down the highest priority actions you can do each day that allows you to fulfill your mission and, and make sure that they're daily actions that day, not projects that take weeks, but just that day. So I did that. I did it on index cards three by five index cards. And I followed the six or seven highest priority actions each day. And I kept the cards and I kept records of the cards. And then I found out what was the highest priority of the highest priorities of the highest priorities of the highest priorities over time. And it said, research, write, travel, teach. So I then delegated the rest away. So I, the same thing is the same answer. It's going to keep showing up that I stick to what is most meaningful. How are you going to live an inspired life if you're doing anything but what inspires you? It's not going to happen. So I realized that that's the thing that inspires me is learning sharing and getting that documented and written down so it's something I can articulate clearly and then going and traveling the world or now with Zoom. I mean, we've been all over the world to every country just about. We have students in every country around the world. I was uh, lecturing in Madagascar yesterday, <laughs> of all places. So, I mean, we have students everywhere and it's that's been my mission. That's been my focus. I stick to my focus and as a result of it, I build momentum and achieve it. Okay, let's move into the future, John. Let's say in about 50, no, let's say 100 years from now, when people are talking about Dr. John Demartini, how would you like to be remembered? A man on a mission. I wrote a posthumous biography in 1999. I was lecturing in Rome doing the Breakthrough Experience, which is my signature program, which I've done 1,101 times now. And I was doing that program in London, I mean, in um, Rome. And the next day I walked around Rome, a little sightseeing to um, see some of the places I wanted to see. And we went to Giordano Bruno's um, square where there's a big bronze statue sitting on a, on a marble base where they honored him 400 years after they burned him at the stake for seeing, saying that he believed that we lived in an infinite universe with infinite worlds, with infinite beings, and that the church wasn't ready to hear at the time, and so they put him in prison and burned him at the stake. 
And before he was burned at the stake, he wrote a posthumous biography of how he wanted to be perceived 500 years in the future. And now 400 years later, I'm standing at the square where they're honoring him, where the entire square is covered in red rose petals, millions of red rose petals, and honoring him as a genius 400 years ahead of his time. So that night on my flight out of Rome, uh, I sat down and I wrote a 23-page posthumous biography of how I want to be perceived 1,000 years into the future. And I wrote out every detail of the image that I wanted and the outcome that I wanted and the impact around the world that I wanted, everything that I could think of that I wanted to manifest, like a Wikipedia page on me, you know, a thousand years from now kind of thing. I wrote it all out. And, and I said that we go around and we say we have immortal souls, but very few people write immortal goals, goals that go beyond life. So I wrote these things down on how I wanted to perceive. And nine and a half years later, I was speaking at the Milk Abbey in Austria over the Danube River there. And there was 200 people at this conference and these are 200 world leaders. And there were 12 speakers. I was one of them. Paul Nurse, Nobel Prize winner. Muhammad Yunus, Nobel Prize winner. The Dalai Lama was one of them. And we were presenting, I was presenting the Demartini Method on conflict resolution there. And they each were presenting their own information. And they were doing what they could to solve world problems. And it was an amazing thing. And on Saturday evening, they had a special ceremony with all the speakers lined in a semicircle. And they handed us the stainless steel cylinder and my stainless steel cylinder that I got said on there, Walzell Conference, 2009, Dr. John Martini. And then what it did is inside that stainless steel cylinder, which was airtight sealed, was 365 quotations calligraphied onto scroll paper and the Martini method on scroll paper calligraphied and put in there with a ribbon around it, put into this stainless steel cylinder, sealed tightly, vacuumed. And then we walked down to the end of the library of this room and entered into a vault called the Infinity of Divinity Library Room. And there was a 12-foot Infinity of Divinity Library shelf where we got to put my cylinder directly in the middle of the Infinity of Divinity Library shelf. And that would be stored there in a vault for 1,000 years. So I'm absolutely certain that if we set goals, immortal goals, we can create a mortal impact. And there's no reason why we can't set goals that go beyond our life. Seneca, the poet and Roman great politician, uh, said very clearly that you're, you measure your, your most by your most distant ends. Tell me the magnitude of space and time and your innermost dominant thought, and I'll tell you the level of conscious evolution you have attained and what impact you'll have on the world. Your legacy is a reflection of the magnitude of space and time in your mind, the vision that you hold, the duration of that vision, and how well you're going to stay focused to fulfill and build momentum, incremental momentum like dominoes towards that vision. And I've been working on that vision and continue to do it. I've set up a Demartini Prize, a Demartini Foundation that has perpetuity to fulfill that mission. Well, I suspect you will um, certainly be remembered in a thousand years from now um, for all of the amazing work that you're doing, John. Um, I've got so many questions to ask you, but I've been given a note saying that we're, we have we ran out of time a while ago, but there's so much more that I want to get out of you. But um, before you go, I wanted to know, is there anybody out there that you'd like to say hello to who may be listening to this uh, conversation? Well, since my mission is to make a difference on the planet, and I'd learned from Zig Ziglar when I was 20, if I help other people do what they would love to do, I get to do what I'd love to do. And so I just take anybody who's listening at this moment, anybody who feels called to make entrepreneurial contributions on the planet and feels that they've got a vision and inspiration and a purpose, and they're a very important person, and, and they're a visionary inspired being, you might say, then all I'm saying is this is for you. This information is for you to go out and do something extraordinary with your life and give yourself permission to shine, not shrink, to radiate, not gravitate, 
and to be called into something that you feel on this planet you're destined to leave as your mark that makes the difference. Game changer, Dr. John Martini. It's been an inspiration having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, and your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the time I've spent with her, Dr. John Martini, has just reminded me that the truth is that there are no secrets to success. It's the result of preparation. It's the result of hard work and mindset. And of course, learning from failure. And the truth is, if you really want to do something, you find a way. If you don't, you find an excuse. This is a lesson that game changers like John Martini are teaching us every day. Listen, learn and innovate. Playing us out is Jen Jevons, the founder of Brisbane-based digital agency Pixel Palace and the former writer, producer and performer of Australia's most played radio pop song in 2001. Have a listen. See you next week. My name is Jen Jevons and I'm the founder and fearless leader of Pixel Palace. We are a brand growth agency out of Brisbane. Uh, We started as a digital agency specializing in web design and custom code, but in the last few years, we've evolved into a full suite agency, growing purpose-led brands and leaders through the combination of marketing, design, web, and creative. Since it was founded, Pixel Palace has facilitated authentic connections and creative storytelling for a diverse range of purpose-led brands. We focus on communication, relationships, and a really holistic approach to strategy that really enables brands to grow and make their mark. Uh, Our team genuinely invests in the brands we work with. We're committed to delivering quality results that are really engaging and memorable. We're a conscious, people-first agency, and I'm really proud of that. A bit about my somewhat colourful background. Uh, Before founding Pixel Palace, I had a really successful music career here in Australia uh, before moving into web and marketing. Um, I toured the world as a backing singer for Savage Garden in the late 90s, which resulted in my own recording and publishing deal in the early 2000s. So under the name Aniki, I released the single Pleased to Meet You, which became the most played Australian song on commercial radio here in 2001 and won us the APRA Breakthrough Songwriter of the Year Award in 2002. People are always intrigued about how I went from pop songwriting and performing to web and marketing. I actually started by having to manage the Aniki website um, myself. There was no budget for anyone else to do it. Uh, And in that time, I discovered that it was an amazing channel for communicating directly with the fans, remembering that this was in the early 2000s. So web was just an emerging thing. I really fell in love with it. And for me, both careers have been about commercialising my creativity and creating connection with other humans. So it really makes sense. Love this game-changing interview? Share your thoughts by posting a comment. Sharing is caring.
Call your friends and spread the word. Tell them that Kids' Friday Game Changers show is the best you've ever heard. Andrew Komonos, Sales and Performance Strategist, and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the world's number one podcast experience. You don't seem to recognize-